Welcome to the Sultans of Slam for Sunday, October 4th, 2020. I'm your host this week, Lee. Thanks for uh, for hanging out. Of course, we skipped last week for Sultans of Slam. Or rather, we had a late episode come out Monday, and then I didn't record anything for the September 23rd AEW Dynamite, as I was planning to do. And then, of course, September 30th show took place. So today we'll be covering two weeks worth of AEW Dynamite back-to-back. Yeah, so what's going on out there? Everybody uh, everybody good? Everybody safe? Uh, had a bit of a crazy week uh, over in my end. Personally, everything is okay, everything is fine, but that being said, the fallout of which is uh, still taking place, so I will have to make this brief for the first show. I'll mostly be covering angles and, uh, and finishes for this first Dynamite, and then uh, a little more in-depth for the second. Let's talk about WWE really briefly here. Uh, and the fact that I don't even know if I mentioned it on the podcast or something I was just discussing with Reed uh, is is the takeover of of Twitch by WWE taking over Superstars Twitches. At first, it was reported that hey, uh, WWE is has some kind of claim to their real names, or if you are using your wrestling persona uh, for clout on another uh, third party service, making third party deals like Lana and say one Xavier Woods is doing, uh, that's not going to be cool anymore. So people rush and defend this, saying, well. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, WWE has to cut uh, their own sponsorships. And if these wrestlers are doing deals with everybody all over town, it's a little harder sell. So, uh, yeah, sure. The wrestling names, the WWE own names. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Uh, but if you've independently built a following for yourself on one of these streaming services, doing something like what Austin Creed slash Xavier Woods does uh, with Up, Up, Down, Down and how WWE somewhat sponsors it or is incorporated into it. Where, where's the line drawn? So people were pretty quick to say like, oh no, th- those will be okay. It's, it's, oh, okay. So everybody will just have a second Twitter account now. That, that'll make sense. Keep in mind that WWE superstars are independent contractors. Uh, so that's where this starts to get very uh, muddy in terms of legally, what can WWE do here? And when you consider who's calling the shots from the top of the WWE, doesn't necessarily have their uh, finger on the pulse of, How this shit works, this week we learned that, no, WWE straight up in like a month's time or whatever is going to be seizing uh, their talents, Twitch accounts, straight up. Uh, And what that means, uh, I I don't, uh, everybody, just like if you work for WWE as an independent contractor, they also are going to sign, you're going to sign a contract where this following you've built outside of the WWE now belongs to the WWE or something like that. It seems real shitty. Uh, and, and, you know, that story is still unfolding. We'll see what happens there. All the best to, to all that, all those talents, uh, that are making that side hustle. Why this would be brought up now as, as if Vince just recently came uh, starting to understand what this is and that wrestlers have been using this for years now, uh, to build third party followings, uh, that ultimately, you know, lead, you could say lead to viewers or lead to, uh, interactions with the superstars, which is all gravy, uh, but they didn't put the kibosh on this when they uh, should have years ago, and now here we are. That's shitty. Uh, I mean, what what happens to talents that you know have been outside of the WWE the whole time or have a Twitch following? Uh, what, you know, what happens when they leave WWE? How does the contract work then? Can they just default back? To, it, they're independent contractors. How does WWE own their Twitch account and content? Man. It's a crazy story. Uh, you can look up to it, uh, look into it. There's people who know, of course, a lot more of it than I do. Uh, but I digress. Let's talk about a different company, 
where they encourage other talents to have third party uh, deals, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Like, it, what's the answer here? Uh, it's really quite, quite interesting. Anyway. AEW Dynamite for September 23rd, 2020, Wednesday, Daily's Place, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we begin with a silent title card here for Road Warrior Animal, who passed away two weeks ago, uh, 1960 to 2020, will be missed. From everything I've heard about uh, both he and Hawk of the Road Warriors, uh, they were good dudes. They were they were in the, uh, the nice list uh, as opposed to the naughty list in terms of retro pro wrestlers. So he will be sadly missed, and a huge influence the Road Warriors were on a lot of uh, modern talents, so... Yeah, uh, mostly uh, let's let's head right into it. So we're going to start the evening with a tag match here. Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford versus, uh, uh, sorry, Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford and Miro, the best man, versus Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Kip announces the moment they've all been waiting for, the Ingram debut of the best man, Miro. Joey cuts a promo in picture-in-picture picture as Sonny and he enter. Excalibur mentions here that Archer has come into contact with someone who has COVID. What's interesting about this is at this point in the day, uh, it was basically like Lance Archer had admitted, yeah, no, I tested positive for COVID, so I'm off the show tonight. Uh, and everybody was like kind of wildly speculating, what does that mean for the match tonight? Uh, more importantly, what does that mean for like Jake the Snake and, and guys like that who hang out close to Archer? How widespread is this? Whatever the case, uh, AEW cannot uh, announce uh, that that a talent of theirs has COVID. Uh, it's like any employer, they, they cannot do that. Uh, however, if the talent wants to go ahead and share that diagnosis... Uh, they can do so. They are not discouraged from doing so. So with Archer off the show, uh, it'll be Eddie Kingston stepping in to face Moxley tonight in the main event, which of course makes sense. Eddie uh, has been going on for weeks about how he wasn't properly uh, eliminated from the Battle Royale at the pay-per-view and uh, was looking himself for a shot for the AEW Championship. And now he will get it here tonight. Some strange long moments in this match as it appears uh, Miro like temporarily hurts his leg. On a spot outside the ring, uh, he hits Sonny with the match kick and locks in the accolade for the submission here to win. Um, but there were some some odd parts throughout this. I mean, he's looking jacked as hell, Miro is. Uh, and I think as a program, him and Kip are pretty all right and good for Kip because he, uh, him and Jimmy Havoc were kind of raising up the uh, rising up the tag ranks uh, before Jimmy Havoc uh, was was suspended and subsequently released. Uh, so good for Kip to to. Be on to another program here. And good for Kip marrying Penelope Ford. God damn. Uh, so, Kip and crew depart. Eddie comes flying in uh, down the tunnel. He demands they keep the card cam on him and not cut. He talks directly into the camera, mentions again he wasn't eliminated from the Battle Royale. He deserves this shot. 18 years says he deserves this shot. Uh, cut from the same cloth as Moxley, but he never sold his soul to the devil, referring to the WWE. He wants to look into the sports entertainer's eyes. Where are you, Mox? Moxley, a badass babyface and fighting champion, is already working his way down to the ring. The two men press foreheads together. The refs pull them apart. Next up, Omega is on commentary uh, for Hangman Page versus Evil Uno. Weird that Kenny is the one looking to jump back into the singles uh, competition here, but Hangman's the one having repeated singles matches. Hangman and Uno battle uh, to a relative stalemate here with Hangman, applying a buckshot lariat for the three count. Uh, Evil Uno is a fine pro wrestler. Uh, that's two good to great matches for Paige in back-to-back weeks. Of course, uh, him and Kazarian had a great one. Uh, Kenny escapes uh, the commentary booth as to not have to speak or congratulate Paige. Tony Schiavone outside the Young Bucks room in the back. Matt flings open the door and asks Tony if it made him flinch. Matt says uh, they were out of line, super kicking Alex, whatever his name is, and that little jockey-looking ref. Matt assumes Tony's further questions about... Uh, 
but, but Matt assumes Tony's further questions about FTR or Rib asks uh, for Tony's phone and smashes it against the doorframe, tucks a wad of cash into his pocket and retreats back into the Young Bucks dressing room. I believe Nick Jackson is injured or otherwise not on the show at this point. Uh, so th- they are not implying that he is not there, but Matt Jackson is mostly who we're seeing here. Uh, as the Bucks continue to be heelish to people within the company that they uh, run, uh, they they are what, what are they vice presidents? What's I don't know what the actual designation of the Young Bucks are. Are they the same? Are they equal parts to Kenny and uh, and Cody? I guess. Mm. A delicious strawberry bubbly soda. Orange Cassidy versus Brody Lee for the TNT Championship. Evil Uno is out with the rest of the Dark Order here, trying to hype his boss while still selling his loss to Hangman five minutes ago. I don't know if uh, anybody else really reported on this, but I see you, Evil Uno. Good job. It was excellent. I, I like Evil Uno. Uh, like, you wouldn't... Him and Stu Grayson are both excellent pro wrestlers uh, and and do a lot with very little they are given. So, good on you. Brody dominates with his size, slams, huge strikes, and kicks. Shades of what happened to Cody, as JR puts it. Cassidy fights out of a power, span, uh, power slam spot. Brody finds himself over the ropes and outside. Two elbow suicidas to Brody. Ref attends to Brody in the ring while Dark Order members throw themselves at Orange. Uh, back in the ring, DDT followed up by a diving DVT to Brody Lee. Uh, running punt kick, another running punt kick. Brody rises on the second strike. Another DDT to Brody from Orange. Air raid crash near fall. Orange Cassidy inches away from being the new TNT champion. Uh, John Silver enters the ring and eats an orange punch for his boss. Brody hits the big discus lariat here for the pin on Orange 1-2-3. Retains the TNT championship. The lights go out. Cody is back. He's got an extended entrance music intro here. Uh, He's got dyed black hair, a black suit. This is like the Halloween variant Cody. Uh, Dark Order members set upon him. Cody takes them down one by one. He smashes Five's leg against the ring post, puts him in a figure four. An intense Cody looks out into the crowd. His music plays again, and we head to break. Sure, Cody's back, baby. Uh, he's back from filming his carny talent show in the parking lot with Snoop Dogg. Uh, good new look to him here in intensity, of course, that pays off in the uh, second episode here I watched, and we'll talk about that shortly. Matt Hardy and Private Party. Hardy is selling his knee uh, from the masked assailant attack last week. It's Matt's birthday. On the mic, he mentions uh, the attack replaying the events. Who had the motivation to attack me in such a cowardly fashion? Says, due to the attack being done with a bat, Chris Jericho is his prime set. Only Chris Jericho can wield a bat. Puts over Private Party and their match against Jericho and Hagar last week. Uh, they have won without the inner circle cheating with the same bat he mentioned earlier. Matt Hardy calls Jericho an asshole to wrap up his promo. Judas plays and Jericho appears flanked by Santana, Ortiz, and Hagar. The crowd struggles to scream the lyrics to Judas while keeping their masks on their faces. Jericho on the mic says Sammy isn't here because of what Matt did to him. Nobody knows when he's coming back. Guess what? I lied. He's back right now. Sammy appears. He and Jericho hug it out. Big smiles on their faces. If I was going to take you out with a bat, I'd do it face-to-face. Hardy challenges the whole inner circle to a match anywhere, any place, as long as he can get cleared. Quen gets on the mic and starts mouthing off. Isaiah Cassidy steps up. I got this. Cassidy on the mic, addressing Jericho. I almost beat you twice last week. Issues a challenge. Isaiah Cassidy versus Jericho 1v1 next week. What if next week on Dynamite, a 23-year-old from Brooklyn, New York beats Jericho? What if next week I make you my Le Champion bitch? Lots of make-you-my-bitch talk on both of these AEW uh, shows. I guess shit uh, is a swear you can only use so often. Uh, asshole, etc. Bastard. Uh, but bitch is it's free reign. Everybody can use bitch. Uh, this, this quick promo here got a little too close to the Orange Cassidy one. Like, what if I beat Chris Jericho kind of thing. 
but it was fine. Uh, in terms of a, a performance, Isaiah Cassidy is, uh, I would say, leaps and bounds ahead of uh, Mark Quinn on the microphone here. Seemed very comfortable. I uh, wasn't, you know, stepping over his words or anything here. Uh, good job to him. That's the end of that segment. Back from break, Tony is holding a mic for Tully Blanchard. Cash and Dax FTR is in the ring as well. Tully uh, does an awful job explaining the tag team challenge that these guys are uh, these guys have baked up. Wherein, if a match goes uh, to a stalemate with FTR after 20 minutes, it will count as a win for FTR. Uh, why is this relevant? Well, if you are a contender for the tag champion ship and something goes to a timeout maybe because it's like a disqualification no contest uh at that point you know it's in the champion's favor so the the belt wouldn't change hands because there isn't a winner but would that team then get another shot i don't know uh the point here is if you go 20 minutes with fdr and you do not pin them uh then it is uh is a win for fdr and it goes down is it an l in your books and see you next time Best friends Trent and Chuck appear, offered to be uh, their first 20-minute challenge competitors. FTR accepts best friends and FTR for the Tag Team Championship, or it would have been. Everyone goes to their corners. Cash on the mic says, we cannot do this, uh, after talking to Tully. Uh, while they are fighting champions, best friends are not 100% after their street fight, uh, and they'll get their match later. Chuck says, uh, say what you want about uh, Santana and Ortiz, Santana and Ortiz uh, but at least they didn't run from a fight. Recap of the women's match last week where Ivelisse was defeated by Thunder Rosa. Tag team match Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida versus Ivelisse and Diamante. A pair of finishing moves from Shida and Rosa for a near fall on Diamante. Rosa tangles Ivelisse up outside the ring. A running knee from Shida puts Diamante away for good. One, two, three. Shida and Rosa raise their respective championships. Uh, not a lot of angles going on with women's wrestling right now uh, on either of these AEW shows. But we got like pretty passable wrestling matches uh out of the women's division on both of these shows so to that end oh there was an angle thing there was the brandy thing on the second show that i didn't like okay well we'll talk about that when we get there otherwise uh kind of seen but not heard matches here from the women uh probably some of the better stuff we've had on dynamite to be honest between this and the Britt baker uh red velvet match on the next show but all the same uh understated here uh thunder rosa is 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 a huge get and you don't know how long you're gonna have her for uh, I would set something up with her real quick. I don't know if it's a rematch against Sheeta. I don't know if that's where they're going. Uh, but yeah, Jericho being interviewed. Jericho being interviewed backstage cuts a promo on Isaiah Cassidy. MJF appears, uh, says he can't believe that Runt Isaiah would treat Chris like that tonight. It is deplorable. The two guys put each other over with empty compliments. MJF does a spot uh on jericho does a spot on jericho impression briefly during this scene uh they ask each other at the same time why they called each other a loser at the start of last week's show mgf says this was a misunderstanding he was calling the limo drivers losers referencing them pulling nearly into each other uh when they pulled up at the beginning of the last two shows jericho says he was calling tony shivani a loser and doesn't really have to explain why uh they share a laugh uh you know what you're all right and both men depart Next week, Jericho vs. Isaiah Cassidy, Britt Baker's in action, FTR vs. SCU, Darby vs. Ricky Starks, John Moxley appearing, and October 7th will be the 30th anniversary of Jericho. 30 years of Jericho. Man's been wrestling almost my entire lifetime, and continuing to do so. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston for the AW Championship. Slobber knocker time, says JR. Reminder, this is taking place uh, where the Darby, Hobbs, Mox versus Archer, Cage, and Stark six-man was supposed to be. Bell rings. Both men stare at each other from their respective corners. They assume boxing stances before locking up and battling to the mat. They trade mutual chest chops in the center of the ring. Kingston hits a shigiri. 
uh, and a clothesline tosses Moxley outside the ring. Uh, Eddie takes the uh, fight to the champion, flips a table with a ring bell and championship onto Mox and Justin Roberts, who sells in the corner here like he's been destroyed. Uh, back in the ring after break, Moxley hits a pile driver. Kingston with a rope uh, break on the near fall. Moxley selling his shoulder, can't capitalize on some elbow strikes. Eddie responds with a powerbomb pin attempt. Uh, Eddie grits his teeth, eats chops and headbutts from Mox. German suplex, Moxley throws a wild lariat and misses, eating another suplex. Near fall on Mox, Eddie selling his arm and hand now. Slaps chops, Eddie throws a wild spinning backfist. D- uh, Moxley ducks this and applies a sleeper hold. Transitions it. Uh, to the bulldog choke, and Eddie is out cold. Uh, the ref asks for the bell. Moxley retains with a submission. The Lucha Bros appear and deliver stereo super, super kicks to Moxley. They beat him down in the corner. Will Hobbs appears and overpowers Lucha Bros and Kingston at first. Super kicks for Hobbs, and Darby Allen's music has to hit. Uh, he clears the ring with a skateboard before being turned inside out by a spear from Ricky Starks. Really good looking spear. It's Taz! Hobbs, Moxley, and Allen lay dying in the ring. Kingston, the Lucha Bros, Taz, and Starks stand tall. Eddie. Uh, cradles Moxley's head, cutting a promo on him. Only he can hear the heels pose, and we go off the air. A lot of heel posing on AEW, and they're really good at it. No middle fingers here, though. That's uh, that's the inner circle's uh, territory. Let's do it again. AEW Dynamite for September 30th, 2020. Wednesday night, Daily's Place, Jacksonville, Florida. Second verse, uh, not quite like the first. Other than the uh, just fucking this heat wave. Uh, so in California this past week, it's been like 108, and Florida has apparently just been a sweaty hellhole uh, while they tape these shows outside. Of course, safer to uh, to record these things outside uh, without the recirculated air and whatnot. But, <clears throat> man, it is brutal on the wrestlers, and my boy Butcher gets blown up at the end of this show in a way uh, that I haven't seen anyone do on Dynamite quite yet. Like the pyro, JR welcomes us to a balmy Jacksonville, Florida. Ricky Starks versus Dal- Darby Allen starts us off. Ricky brings a white painted body bag with him down the tunnel, adorned with an illustration of Darby on it. He tosses this away. Taz on commentary for the show. Uh, we cut to black and white video from uh, Darby Allen. A friend of Darby's cuts a promo on Ricky while helping Darby down a wooden ramp slide in a body bag. No matter how many times I see this man go in a body bag and uh, suffer some kind of trauma, uh, it's it's cringy every time. Uh, but, you know, that's that's our Darby. Ding, ding, here we go. Feels like a long time since we've seen uh, Darby in action here on Dynamite. Brian Cage appears as Ricky is having trouble early with the varied offense of Allen. Will Hobb appears to hoss it out with uh, Brian Cage at the top of the ramp. Ricky gets a quick rest, and this one grinds on. More submissions and holds from Allen that Starks was not prepared for, at least according to Taz. The whole thing breaks down into a slap fight after Ricky gets a rope break. Darby off the ropes eats a mid-air spear from Starks for a near fall. Ricky gets Darby up on the for the uh, avalanche Rochambeau. Darby gets the upper hand and kicks him in the face off the rope. Hits a coffin drop onto Ricky's spine. One, two, three, Darby Allen wins. And there you go. Good match. Tonight, Moxley allowing Eddie Kingston to select his opponent. Baker is back in action. Britt Baker, that is. Orange Cassidy versus 10. FTR versus FCU in a 20-minute time limit match. And Jericho versus Isaiah Cassidy. Cody's extended intro plays. He makes his way to the ring, and we head to a commercial. Dash interviews Cody as we return from break. Eludes to the difference between uh, injury and hurt. uh, That you can wrestle uh, when you're hurt, but not when you're injured. Hurt being more psychological. Uh... As the three-minute loss to Brody Lee has really done a number on our our poor babyface Cody here. Excuse me. Uh, He says, uh, he talks about his shame losing the TNT Championship in three minutes and then says he got a call from Hollywood and took that opportunity. Refers to Snoop Dogg as a piece of Americana. I've talked about Cody's 
uh, sideshow here when they were like, we got a big announcement for Cody. And it was like, it's still to air uh, Carney talent show that takes place in a parking lot. Uh, I'll check, I'll check out an episode. It's going to be guys hanging stuff from like fish hooks from their eyelids and stuff like that. I'm not, uh, I don't know that I'm entirely interested to be honest. Anyways. Uh, so he finds himself sitting on another show, thinking to himself, who is he? He's the guy who lost the title in three minutes. He puts over the existing cha- existing champions at AEW, including Brody Lee, uh, and then Dash asks him, do you accept Brody's invitation to a dog collar match? And uh, as vice president, his answer to a match that is so violent and dangerous is no. The crowd uh, has a mixed reaction here, some boos. Uh, walks up the ramp, turns, returns to the ring and grabs the microphone. No, as in no regrets. He screams his acceptance into the mic. Very fired up here. Brody Lee and the Dark Order appear and an insane brawl begins. All the jobbers at ringside jump in to protect Cody. Brandy appears for a flipping senton onto the Dark Order. Anna Jay beats her down. Multiple women battle at ringside. Nyla Rose appears and mur- like murders someone. Uh, women's angle took away from the Cody Brody program. Straight up. Uh, this shouldn't have been part of this. Uh, especially after the the huge explosion from Cody here on the mic to have Brody come in and then them have a pull-apart angle. This brawl was great, don't get me wrong, but I am not interested in the Brandy Anna J program uh, from Dark because they happen to have a good uh, match when you were trying to set up this TNT Championship match. Nothing against Anna J and Brandy. I hope they have many very good matches and get insanely over, uh, but that, that women angle uh, in the front of camera center... Uh, kind of took away from what was going on in the ring here. Just my personal opinion. Brody Lee leaves briefly before running back down to the ramp for some additional shots on Cody. He does this another time. Uh, dog collar match next week. Main event. Big pull apart. And a pretty decent pull apart in, in terms of all the ones I've seen. Tony Schiavone is backstage with FTR and Tully Blanchard. Cash explains uh, they did best friends a favor last week, sparing them a beating. Calls them glorified backyarders, I believe he uh, refers to them as. SCU is a different story. One of the best tag teams in the world. They were the first AEW tag championships. champions uh, to seal FTR's legacy. They have to beat SCU. Makes sense to me. Tony asks, what about the Young Bucks? Dax respo- responds, what about them? They've had their shot and blown it multiple times. Uh, there's a Dave Meltzer name drop. They don't deserve a shot, Dax says. Matt's leg extends from off screen and clocks Tony Schiavone. Dax and Cash ask what the hell were right here. Super kick us, not the refs and interviewers. JR throws to Dasha, who's backstage with SCU. Scorpion Kazarian both got brief promos here. Stumble upon Sean Spears on their way to the ramp, who sarcastically wishes them good luck. So this is a new thing on uh, on AW. They are doing like quick inset promos uh, in Gorilla right before the guys march out. And I think it has an energy to it. It's not like, hey, earlier tonight, here's Kazarian saying something. Here's something live that these two guys are going to say. And then they're immediately, their music hits and they're walking out. Uh, it's new. It's different. Uh, and I kind of, I kind of like it. They did another thing with uh, Orange Cassidy here in the show that was similar to this. The Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels accompanies his younger counterparts to the ring. A 20-minute time limit for this one. We head to break. Hangman joins the announced team uh, for this match. Kazarian, Oat Matt wrestles both members of FTR to start this bout off. Uh, AW has uh, done good getting some bread and butter pro wrestling on these shows as of late. Absolutely they have. There's usually one match uh, that's just a good old pro wrestling match. Uh, and this was a phenomenal match. This was my favorite FTR match since joining uh, AEW. And maybe my favorite FTR match I've ever seen. 
Uh, there was one revival match I saw in NXT that I that I really really liked, and admittedly I haven't su- like been seeking out their work or anything like that. But this was a phenomenal tag team match. I feel the variety uh, on Dynamite gets better and better as well. Um, these guys being champions of the tag division and uh, dictating the uh, the pace of the tag championship matches, while there are still tag matches on this show uh, that are flashy and spot fests, uh, the way that AEW kind of started. I feel that there is a bit of a balance being established here uh, in the two hours of the show, and uh, I notice it, and I like it. Back from picture-in-picture, Dax peels uh, Cash off the corner ropes and tags in, cuts off the ring, and bull rushes Scorpio into enemy territory. Cash tags in and attempts to cut him off again, but a hot tag is made to Frankie Kazarian. Frankie rolls Dax up for a pin. Dax tags Cash at the last moment. Dash runs in and is suplexed by Kazarian into another near fall. This is a cool cool spot. Dash, uh, sorry, Cash dropkicks Aloha Kazarian into a near fall by Dax. The announcers mention the insane heat in the stadium. Hangman mentions the whiskey has him sweating. A retreating suplex by Kazarian. Uh, Scorpio comes flying in for a near fall. SCU manages to get a stereo pin attempt on FDR, followed by another near fall on Dax with a flying cutter. FTR clears Scorpio from the ring and double teams Kazarian for a near fall. Kazarian tosses Dax out of the ring and assaults Cash, who's perched on the top rope. Kazarian hits a power slam counter. Scorpio slides in to eliminate Dax. Uh, flying crossbody from Scorpio. He and Cash do fi- uh, 5,000 pin combination near falls on each other that are very exciting. Tully grips Cash's hands to prevent him from being rolled up. Scorpio going a mile a minute here. Cash rolls all the way out of the ring near Tully. Cash pins Scorpio with an assist from Tully. FTR wins and retains. Scorpio accidentally... Puts his leg on the rope here while he's being pinned. Removes it and puts it back after the count of three. Eh, the uh, the heel coach assist for the win here. You know, it keeps SCU uh, strong. Uh, of course, with SCU here, they could have done the finish. Uh, that was the whole point of the 20-minute match, is that these guys fight to a stalemate after 20 minutes, and uh, FTR wins. Uh, however, maybe because it's the first match of this challenge, they didn't want to kind of give that one away. Uh, so the heel win with Tully here, still to secure that FTR are... Proud heels. Uh, they are not above cheating. They won't talk about cheating. Uh, but they will do it. They'll beat you clean if they can. But they will cheat if they absolutely have to. Uh, and that kind of makes them like lawful heels. Uh, versus the Young Bucks who are emerging as kind of chaotic heels. I guess you would say. Uh, but in terms of the tag team uh, picture. It, it'd be weird to pay off uh, FTR versus Young Bucks. Having both of those teams be straight up heels. So I don't know where that's going. Uh, at the moment. I'm much more interested in the Kenny Omega hangman dynamics that's happening right now. Uh, Excalibur announces at the end of this match that amongst the contenders in a tournament for a shot at Moxley's belt is Kenny Omega. Hangman nearly spit takes his whiskey at the announcement of this. Says he has to go and leaves. Taz gives Excalibur shit for announcing it with Hangman right there. Uh, So, I think naturally, uh, what should happen here is you have Hangman enter this tournament as well, and he and Omega are the the final combatants with Omega probably going over uh, for a shot at Moxley and maybe even winning at that. There, there's so many options when you have these many kind of over characters. Uh, I'm very curious where this goes. I am uh, solely in the corner of one Hangman page in terms of this uh, this angle, but goddamn, it would be hard at any point here to say anyone uh, can, can hold the championship better than Moxley uh, has and will continue to. Jericho versus Isaiah Cassidy is next. This is allegedly, uh, allegedly Isaiah Cassidy's second singles match ever. Not an AW. Ever. This is second singles match versus Jericho. Intense opening as Isaiah attacks and keeps uh, attacking, as Taz says. Uh, near fall on Jericho, who is stunned here to start the match. Multiple stunners. 
pun not intended, result. Near falls where Jericho barely gets his shoulder up. Matt Hardy holding a chair at ringside for his own protection. The announcers say, lion salt from Jericho. Isaiah with his legs up and then hits his own lion salt for a near fall. Then hits a code breaker onto Jericho. Uh, so if Isaiah's uh, gimmick here in singles action is that he steals your finishing and signature moves, that's pretty cool. And no one's really doing that right now. Nearfall, Aubrey with a subtle look at Isaiah here, uh, looking generally sorry she couldn't count a three for him. Um, I'm fine with this in, in terms of refs getting over on this show. Of course, Remsburg has a whole part and an angle later in this show, but uh, Aubrey has, has usually been a little over the top. I've enjoyed her lately, kind of more stepping into the shadows here and doing stuff like this that is very subtle, but adds to a match like this. Springboard, Jericho hits the Judas effect, unfortunately countering... Isaiah for the 1-2-3. Jericho wins. Inner Circle sets upon Isaiah. Quen and Hardy uh, quickly defend him. Jericho and Hagar jump Luther and Serpentico at ringside. Luther and Serpentico are apparently an undefeated tag team known as Chaos Project from Dark. Uh, listen, if you're going to make the wins and losses matter, uh, these tag teams kind of appearing out of nowhere in, uh, in Dynamite and uh, being supposedly undefeated, uh, we know those matches took place and you can go watch them. Uh, so when people are like, oh, these fucking jobbers, no, 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 they've built them up on the B show. These guys have accrued a number of W's. I'm still hoping that this match on the 30th anniversary is a bit of a squash, to be honest. Uh, but I don't think Jericho would do that to Luther, uh, like build that guy up and then just to squash him on the main show. Uh, especially when Jericho doesn't really need that rub. He doesn't need a bunch of W's to rehab himself. So we'll see what happens. I think there's a swerve. Obviously, it's Jericho's 30th anniversary. Something will go down that's not just a match against Luthar and Sepentico. Luthar, as I like to call him. Video package here of Miro and Kip preparing for the bachelor party. They take turns playing a, our, uh, games in our adult arcade. Miro on the phone trying to put things together. It's clear Miro is having doubts he'll be able to put on as spectacular a party as he promised, referring uh, to it as Rumspringer or that uh, when... Uh, Amish people, when they're adolescents, get to do one crazy party thing before they settle down and get married at 14 or whatever the fuck's going on with those guys nowadays. Billy Mitchell, video game heel Billy Mitchell, you may know of him uh, from King of Kong and subsequent uh, cheating allegations and, and lawsuits in the world of uh, arcade video game high scores, steps up and plays games with Miro, says he'll uh, help Kip throw a party. And Miro mentions will be as good as a rum springer. I don't know where this is fucking going, uh, but in terms of a demo, like Billy Mitchell is someone I immediately know. He's renowned as one of the the greatest genuine heels in the video game uh, world circles. It's a bit inside. Billy Mitchell has a look about him that even if you didn't know who the fuck he was, this guy popping in with like American tie and this mullet next to Miro. Uh, who's like chiseled out of fucking marble. It's it's all good, uh, unlike the Miro match on the previous week's Dynamite. Best friends are interviewed backstage. FTR crashes. This interview talks uh, trash, uh, but flinch when best friends raise their fists to them. Orange Cassidy calls them weenies before strutting down the ramp to the ring. This is what I was talking about. They do like a quick promo and then the match starts. Uh, Ten arrives and these men are uh, having a wrestling match. Uh, <laughs> Orange kind of selling his uh, his fight with Brody from last week, but uh, at the end, Orange Punch, Beach Break, which I believe is his air raid crash, and Orange Cassidy wins this one pretty handily. Backstage with uh, MJF and Wardlow, who, uh, again, a lot, of, a lot of crashing in on things, crash the Inner Circle's green room with gifts. Congratulations, uh, Jericho, on his big win tonight against Isaiah Cassidy. MJF opens his gift, presents the Inner Circle with brand new jackets, only there isn't one for Sammy. 
MJF blames Wardlow, saying he knows he got one, uh, and it was there, meaning to be packed with the rest of them. From the bottom of MJF's uh, heart here, he didn't do that on purpose. Whatever, Max, says Sammy. What are you doing here? Jericho calms him down. It's okay, Sammy. Max, what are you doing here? Uh, MJF says uh, it was just to pay his respects, as he said. Jericho says, I asked you a question a long time ago and never got an answer. They do the, uh, do you want to join the Dark Order? Do you want me to join the Dark Order bit? Once again, things get a bit heated. They smooth it over. Sammy about to exclaim what a loser he is as MJF leaves. Jericho stops him. Perhaps he's not. Uh, I don't know. So, MJF getting close to the inner circle here after making the, uh, the announcement that maybe it's time he becomes part of a group. Well, from MJF, it's MJF. The only way MGF becomes part of a group is if he's leading that group. He's never going to be a subordinate again after his breakup with Cody. So the the obvious booking here seems to be not a breaking up of the, of the inner circle per se, but you would have Sammy on the outside of this and you would have maybe MJF taking over the Hagar, uh, Santana, Ortiz part of the inner circle, ousting Chris Jericho here, uh, baby-facing Chris Jericho for a run. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of ways to go here. I love all these guys involved. Uh, and... Uh, MJF and Jericho on screen together is money. It's it's great. So, more of that. Britt Baker versus Red Velvet. Lots of facials from uh, Baker here. Uh, confidence. These ladies have a very decent match. Baker hits a sl uh, sling blade. Velvet reverses the pin attempt for a near fall. Bake, uh, Baker with a super kick and a swinging fisherman's neck breaker. Baker boots Velvet in the back of the head and pins her 1-2-3. Reba gives her boss a glove and Baker gives Velvet a locked jaw. Sending a message to the women's division, says JR. You figure if someone put their fingers in your mouth... Uh, that you just clamp down with your teeth. But uh, not what Red Velvet did here. Next week, we celebrate 30 years of Jericho. He and Hagar will be versing the Chaos Project of Serpentico and Luther. Dr. Luther. Uh, Luthor. Luther. Luther. Uh, will Hobbs will fight Brian Cage for the FTW Championship, TNT Championship match, Brody Lee versus Cody in a dog collar match, and more. JR is putting over this dog collar match. He's saying all the time he's uh, he's been in wrestling. He's he's like he's called four of these or something like that. So we'll see what happens. They're apparently pretty nasty. Eddie Kingston enters with a nervous referee and the Lucha Bros. Referee Remsburg is uh, being chewed out by Eddie. He never quit. Why did he call the match last week? Uh, referee on the mic uh, to defend himself here here saying, "Hey, uh, they go way back, uh, you know, but you were unresponsive. It's my job to save you from yourself, buddy." Eddie gives a signal and the Lucha Bros square off with Remsburg here about to murder this guy. Moxley appears with a barbed wire bat in defense of the referee. Eddie and the Lucha Bros clear the ring. Eddie, still on the mic, asks for the music to be cut. Tonight you're facing, uh, you're fighting the Butcher, says Eddie. So relax. Butcher menaces behind Moxley, looking pretty, uh, pretty cool here. Moxley turns uh, to see Butcher before uh, eating a clothesline. My boy, the Butcher... Moxley rips off his apron that he was wearing, by the way. These two men brawl into picture-in-picture. Picture. Butcher seems legit tired after about five minutes into this match. Slowly and methodically works over Moxley's left knee. Moxley tries to launch off his injured uh, leg after dazing him with a strike. Butcher capitalizes it with a crossbody and near fall. Butcher lays uh, on the mat here looking uh, like he's seconds away from a heart attack. I'll be completely honest with you. Pump handle, big leg drop from the Butcher for a near fall on Moxley. Butcher continues his slow motion assault on Moxley. Moxley catches Booker, Butcher on the uh, top rope for a superplex. Butcher grabs a leg hold uh, coming out of this. Moxley hits a pile driver and doesn't have the strength to pin Butcher for longer than a one count. Moxley takes a moment to regroup here, puts Butcher on the top rope. Butcher pushes him off and hits another crossbody. I like the variety of opponents Moxley faces, and I love Butcher, as he's my boy. 
Uh, but this match was booked for way too fucking long. Uh, Moxley continuing to get uh, this bulldog choke over as he applies it here and the butcher taps pretty quickly. Uh, Moxley locks eyes with Kingston as he raises the AW championship. Taz says uh, this makes him sick. Somehow, someway, Moxley always leaves with that beautiful belt. And that's the show. Poor Butcher. Uh, whether it be the uh, oppressive Florida heat or the fact that he's a big man used to working tag team matches, uh, Butcher was not ready for John Moxley for 15 minutes or 10 minutes or 12 minutes or however long it was. Lots of slow, huge breaths uh, from the poor Butcher here. Uh, as as he eats the uh, eats the L against Moxley, two really good dynamite shows, uh, complementary to one another, uh, consistent. Having watched them back to back, quite enjoyed them, and looking forward to Chris Jericho's 30th anniversary celebration this Wednesday, and uh, whatever's coming with Lance Archer and Moxley in two weeks' time. So, bada bing, bada boom. That's Salton's of Slam. Thanks for hanging out. At its iceberg. Speaking of getting blown up here, uh, I've had to burp like the last ten minutes. That's the worst. Anyway, speaking of Butcher, I'm blown up here myself. Uh, <laughs> at this iceberg is us on Twitter. LeeAtTissTheIceberg.com is where you can uh, reach me on the emails. Uh, you can leave a comment, uh, you know, question, whatever you want, anywhere you see this posted. If it's interesting enough, we will talk about it on the show. Uh, tune in to Public Beta Podcast with me and Reed as we continue to talk about the Pokemon series. New episode up this past Wednesday and another one coming in a few nights here. So look for that. Thank you for hanging out. Sorry again for the late show. I appreciate, as always, when you uh, come back for a listen as I ramble on in my basement about this past week's AW Dynamite. That's the Sultans of Slam and welcome to